Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, at your service. Welcome to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Yes, folks, thanks for stopping by. We'll be taking a good gardening stroll shortly. But right now, if you have any questions, concerns, or comments about your plant material, house plants, or anything, your lawn, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Mr. Kelly, I got a bird story for you. Oh, do you? Yeah, I throw bird seed out into the sidewalk. Mm -hmm. And so consequently, you know, the birds come and, I mean, I get all kinds of varieties but also the squirrels. Oh, yeah. But the squirrels are driven off by the grackles. Really? we got some really tough grackles in the neighborhood, <laughs> apparently. Because, I mean, they chase, like two or three of them will chase these squirrels all the way up into the trees really? and stuff. It's really kind of amazing. I've never seen anything like that before. I, have, I haven't either. I mean, I mean, they really swoop down and, like, almost try to hit the squirrel on the back or something. That's wild. Yeah. Totally. I've seen birds attack like people if they're too close to the <laughs> nest. I've never seen them attack a squirrel. Right. And it's wow. always these grackles, so they must yeah. be the real the, the gangsters of the neighborhood. <laughs> I think they are. That's great. Yeah. Well, good stuff. Yeah, great story. Yeah. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. Yes, it is Saturday morning together, and we'll get together and have a roundtable discussion about what's going on in your landscape. And uh, what is the difference between potting mix and potting soil? I'm going to have a change to that a little bit and uh, I'm going to test something and how to improve your soil should you be pruning now should you be shearing anything how about oh is there bugs on your plant material the information to make good decisions hopefully my thoughts will help you to orchestrate those good decisions but the final judgment of the action you're going to take is going to be on your shoulders and this is your show and I certainly appreciate you inviting me into your home car or wherever you happen to be listening Another very important player is Ashlyn. She's producing today. She's back after she graduated with a master's degree last week, and so she was party on, so that's why she wasn't here. And uh, I'm Mike Miller, by the way. I've been hosting the Garden Hotline since 1994. I can come to your home and do a landscape consultation if you'd like for me to. Uh, I call it a walk and talk. You can go to my website, MikeMillerDesigns.com. On the homepage, there's my email address and phone number. Today after the show, I'm headed towards Richmond Heights. And uh, let's get moving. Today's stroll is brought to you by St. Louis Composting, 636-861-3344. I always wake up and I think, hmm, where am I going to take my stroll today? I thought, well, 
maybe I'll just let destiny sort of like make the determination. So I headed towards downtown on Gravoy. Ah, and there was an abandoned parking lot at the corner of Delore, Morgan Ford, and Gravoy. There used to be a bank there. That bank building has been completely removed, but the plantings around the parking lot and the islands and stuff really still look pretty good. There's several clumps of daylilies, several clumps of uh, liriopes, lily turf, monkey grass, there as well. There's robust spreading yews. There's multiple seven-foot-high forsythia. There's one crab apple that's, well, it's seen better days, but it keeps trying. It still looks pretty good. There's daffodil foliage headed towards its sleep. Extremely bright knockout roses. I mean, really, the red is just, wow, unbelievable. There's some purple-leaf plum trees. There's some fall-blooming sedum, the Live Forever sedum. There's some purple sage, a Norway spruce. There's a yucca that's sending up a flower bud stem. And some pink, uh, really light-colored pink shrub roses. And there's a stump of a tree that's been removed. Of course, there's a variety of wildflowers and grasses, or better known as weeds. Thistle is probably the most prominent one. The sun was pushing through the clouds. Uh, There was a slight breeze, which I was grateful for. Traffic was moving. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Along the intersection, and they said, well, it's probably time to get going. So that's what I decided to do. So Mike Miller, KM West Garden Hotline, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Let's talk to Scott before we go to a break. Hi, Scott. Good morning. How are you? Very good. Um, real simple. I'm just going to plant uh, white dogwood this afternoon. Is there anything um, to like? Do you put mulch in? What do you What do you put with with the dirt? Or do you just dig a hole and then fill it back with dirt? Well, it all depends on how good your soil is. Dogwoods have to have a well-drained soil. So always remember, as I continue to say, plant it so the top of the root ball, about 20%, is above the surrounding ground. And dig the hole three times the diameter of the root ball. So it's got to be really wide. Don't put any, you know, I mean, if you want to add some compost into the soil and mix it in and blend it in, that's fine. Other than that, I wouldn't do anything. But you said keep the, you said keep the uh, above ground a little bit? Yeah, the top of the root ball, about 20% of the root balls. So that, in other words, when you look at it, the the ground surrounding it is going to be at one level. But the top of the root ball of the dogwood or really any tree is higher than that 
what ha- the reason uh, for that is if you plant it right at grade, it could yeah. settle as time goes on, and then water's going to get yeah. around it and then kill it. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then the other important thing was uh, you said a lot, the, the hole be bigger than the, uh, um, than the tree, right? Yeah, then the root ball, the tree, the hole that you dig should be three oh, times yeah. the diameter of the root ball. Diameter. So okay. that right, allows cool. the lateral roots to take off. And uh, All right. for the next couple of weeks, you know, just kind of watch the weather and everything else. Don't let it go get really dry, but don't, you know, get uh, it so it's soggy. I got you. Okay, sounds great. All right, thank you. I, I love your show, so thank you very much. Have a great day. Well, thank you. And I'll tell you what, the dogwoods have been spectacular this year. I cannot believe it. It's, you know, they started blooming, and the weather, because the weather warmed up, that kind of triggered the flowering. And then the weather cooled down for a while, and then the flowering just consistently stayed for multiple weeks, much longer than normal. And there is still some of the dogwoods still holding on to some of those petals. But it has been, the spring just in general has been nothing but striking and spectacular. So Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after these messages. Yes, folks, you have questions, concerns, or comments, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. We have some phone lines open. Well, let's head over to Betty's yard. Hi, Betty. How are you today? I'm good. Good morning, Mike. Good Thanks morning. for taking my call. Sure. Um, okay, so I have two questions pertaining the same issue. I've got a peach tree that is just doing amazingly. It's got so many peaches on it, but it's, I almost think that it's too many peaches that I don't know whether or not the tree can handle it, or is that an issue? That definitely is an issue, and you're absolutely right. So you should probably okay. go, you know, carefully just take off about half the fruit, because if you don't, okay. as the peaches get, you know, more mature, they're going to gain some weight, and you could get some fractures oh. in the branches, and that could lead to some disease problems and all kinds of fungus problems and things like that. So that's why you got to remove some of the fruit. It's great to look at the okay. flowers, but once the fruit starts forming, half of it's got to go. Okay. Okay. All right. So my work is cut out for me there because there is so many, which <laughs> I was so glad to see. But I'm like, no, this tree cannot handle all this. Right. Okay. So my second question is, is I'm really puzzled. Underneath my peach tree, not underneath my um, um, pear tree or my apple tree, just my peach tree, I have these little sprouts coming up that are, you know, just straight up. Um, you know, I, I wish I could have sent you a picture. You know, there's so many of them underneath my peach tree, and there may be... Eight to ten inches long, and it's got like some leaves on them. Um, does this have anything to do with the root system, or can I just? I don't know. Okay, so do these leaves look like the peach tree? No, I don't think they do. Okay, so then they may not be coming off the root system because if it's a grafted tree, that certainly could happen. The suckering. But generally, the suckering is not going to be ex- exceptionally amount number of uh, you know sprouts coming up. So what you okay. know, whatever happens, this may be something that uh, some weed seeds blew in, some maple tree squirts blew in, some ash tree or something. That's probably what this is, okay. and why it's underneath the peach tree. 
as opposed I know, to the other trees. Nowhere else. Yeah, it's just you nowhere. Know, yeah, by because chance. all my yeah, they're all three of my trees are planted in a triangular berm. Right, and it there is nothing underneath any of the other trees. So. I, I, that's why I was puzzled and thought, okay, something's growing up underneath this, you know, underneath the peach tree. But, I mean, how can those things locate just underneath the peach tree is what's puzzling. Well, that's what nature is all about, and that's the fun of growing plant material. <laughs> there are certain things okay. that you'll never know the okay. answer. Just get, you know, just get these things killed okay. off because you don't want them competing with your tree, peach tree roots. Okay, okay, so just. I mean, just cut them back, or should is there something that I should use on them? I would probably, you could use, uh, I would personally use some kind of herbicide to kill them off. But if okay. you don't, if you just cut them off, if they're as tall and long with as many leaves as you say, you can cut them off, but that's not going to kill them necessarily. The root system will right. stay viable, and then it'll push out some more growth. Okay, okay. So I'm I'm to use what did you call it again, please? Just an herbicide for killing an wood herbicide. plant. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Perfect. Well, then you've uh, covered my uh, my uh, job for the weekend here. I'll be plucking peaches and uh, getting some herbicide. Right, and killing some uh, sprouts. <laughs> yes. Yes. Most definitely. Well, Mike, thank you very much for taking my call and. Um, I will uh, continue to listen because I learned from everybody else's questions. Great. Perfect. Thanks. Thanks, Betty. Yeah, and in the future, too, if you start to see some other things underneath another tree, or this is from anybody, if you get them and you cut them off when they're still pretty short, and so in other words, only one or two sets of leaves, that usually kills them off entirely. But if they have multiple sets of leaves, then just cutting them off, you know, you could certainly, I mean, dig them up by the root system by using a weeder, but uh, that you got to get the full root system up once they get to a certain height with a certain number of leaves. So now let's head over to Linda's yard. Hi, Linda. Good morning, Mike. Hi. Um, hi. I have a question regarding liriope. Now, in March of 2020, we had 20 clumps of Liriope muscari put in. Ten of them were green, ten of them were variegated. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the clumps ended up being Liriope spicata. Oops. So, yeah. And so when we contacted the landscaper, he's like, get it out, get it out fast, dig it up. Well, you can't get all those rhizomes. Once the rhizomes are in there, they're in there. So, we dug it out the best we could, and we've noticed over the last two years that we would still, that one clump would still have some runners on it, so we keep trying to keep it cleaned. This spring, all the green liriope is sending out runners. Mm. Now, does it's not very invasive like the spicata did, but there are runners that are being sent out. It's not, they're not staying as a clump. Now, what I find interesting is that the way they're planted, we have a variegated, a green, variegated, a green. 
and then different area will have three greens, different area, three, three variegated. So they're spread out like that. But wherever the greens are, we have runners that are shooting out. So is it possible that Muscari does send out runners? But then why wouldn't the green, uh, the variegated Muscari be sending out runners as well? Right. Unless it just doesn't grow as quickly as the green variety. Should we go ahead and try digging out dirt and all, all that green Muscari, or should we, and then fill it in with garden soil and just say, we're done? Or should we continue to try to just keep these runners under control? Well, that's your personal choice. But to be honest with you, a clump grower, you'll get runners, you know, but the runners are going to be right at the base of the original plant. So in other words, if, okay. if these runners you're talking about are a couple inches away from the original plant, then you do not have Liriope muscari. You have another, you know, a spicate. And why the other one took off quicker than the, the, the ones right now, it's tough to know. But the clump growers okay. do get, the clump gets bigger. There's no getting around it. But those new okay. sprouts come right at the base of the original plant. Yeah, these are about, some of them are about, at least six inches or more Whoa, away from the so plant. They, so this guy gave you some bad plant material. So in other yeah. words, he I gave mean, you spicata. And why these are a little bit later as far as sending out the runners, who knows? But that's what the uh-huh. situation is. And as far as, yeah, you know, I mean, they'll just keep going and going and going and going if you don't okay. get rid of it. So it's your okay. choice on what you want to do with okay. it. Okay. Yeah, and see, my other thought, which I... I wasn't sure, like with rhizomes or whatever, but if some of the spicata had crossed with muscari, and does that, if it did, would it be the seed or would it have an effect on the rhizome? Well, they can't cross. So okay. In other words, they cannot cross. No. Okay. So in other words, even okay. if they're in flower doing anything else or they're kissing each other because they're planted close together, no, that's not going to happen. Okay. Okay. Thank you. That that was my other question about that. Okay. So the only other then, option you have is using an herbicide that's a systemic yeah. type herbicide, which will kill the above ground growth and then also get down and kill the uh, you know below ground growth, the rhizomes, root right. systems, and everything else. Or dig yeah. and just, you know, on yeah. a regular basis, just continue to dig to get rid of them. Yeah. Yeah, because it just takes this. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Smallest root left of soil is is going to be enough to, for it to send up another plant. Right. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you on that. Sure. Um, the other thing I was going to make a comment on, on the previous caller when she was had issues, if one thing I had heard, if you have some woody material that is up to maybe about the size of your thumb and you could make a mixture of salt and vinegar, a paste, and cut it down low, smear that over the top of that cutting, and it it will sometimes kill off the plant. Right. I mean, if you can't dig out the, if you can't dig it out, then just cut it off low to the ground, put a paste over it, and that will help get rid of kill it. So that right. way. Yeah. It's a, you know, it's certainly worth a try. Yeah. Well, thanks, and, Linda. Uh, well, thank you very much for answering my question on, on that, Lariope. Sure. I was, yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after these messages. Yes, folks, we have phone lines open, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Let's head over to Dee Dee's yard. Hi, Dee Dee. Good morning. Good Thank morning. you for taking my call, Mike. Um, I, I have a couple of questions. Um, I just had some landscaping put in last week, and um, the following day, my neighbor came to look at it, and her dog peed on my tree and two of the bushes. And I've noticed um, the trees, the Japanese maple is pretty good size, and the leaves are all Wiltering, wilting and withering, and um, the other two bushes are like little fire chief, and they have brown, some brown dead spots on it, and I'm pretty sure it's from him urinating on it. So um, I was wondering what your advice is for that. Can I just keep watering that and rinse it off, or and some of the leaves are starting to come back on the uh the maple but they're they're not all well it's over 50 I mean, percent shriveled how many of you know, over the whole tree that's that much 50 yeah. percent of all the leaves that has nothing to do with the dog urine then okay, that, okay. Are, the only leaves that are going to be impacted by a dog urinating on your plant material is the ones the actual urine hits so in other words the rest of it should you know wherever the dog wasn't those leaves should not be problematic. And so it sounds like to me that they, you know, they're stressed because of the heat we're having and they're not getting, they don't have enough moisture. Okay. Okay. All right. I was concerned about that. So, um, uh, yeah, so I've been, how often, then, they told me I didn't need to water it every day, just kind of check the soil, but not overwater it. So, um, well, you don't want to overwater, but what you want to do is not just go out there and stand there with a, you know, with a hose or something like that and water that way. Probably you should run your hose and put it at the base of wherever the trunks are coming out or the stems are coming up out of the ground on your shrubs and just run it at a trickle for about an hour and do that every couple days. That way you're soaking oh. where the root system is. You're not just watering in general because you want to get the water to the root system 
you don't want to just water the the soil. Watering is fine, but right now you're just trying to keep the the root system viable, and that's what's happening. Is I'm not saying it's not viable because they're wilting, but the heat has a heck of a lot to do with what's happened to your plant material more so than the dog urine. Okay. Okay. All right. Good to know. And then um, the other question they moved to Rose of Sharon, and he said they didn't. He didn't like the way they came out of the ground. I guess the root system and whatnot. But I put um, fish fertilizer on those. And I did do, you know, soaking the hose on the, on those, um, and they're they're trying to come back. They're looking a little better, but I wondered um, what other suggestions you would have, or how often do I use the fish fertilizer? I would not fertilize any continue? new transplant. New transplants okay. of any type, whether it's plant material coming out of a nursery or transplanted out of your own yard, don't use any. Even fish emulsion, which is low analysis. Don't fertilize. The root system has been damaged from the standpoint the root hairs, that's what uptakes the nutrients of a fertilizer, have been basically eliminated when it was pulled up out of the ground. So consequently, Mm -hmm. you're putting fertilizer down there, and it's not doing a bit of good. And so just don't waste your time, energy, and money with fertilizing now. Just, again, the watering circumstance is what's most important with a new transplant, especially with summertime Right on the, you know, right on the horizon. Right, right. Okay, well, I'll do that in just every few days. How do I check the soil to make sure to, how do I know when they need water again? Well, just like every couple of days for a couple of weeks, just do it that way. I mean, checking okay. the soil, what are you going to do? Stick your finger down there? Oh, well, no, that's <laughs> checking the soil. That's nothing. Now, I'm assuming that they put some mulch over the top of the root balls on the, the transplanted and the newly planted things as well, because that helps. Yes. Okay, because that really helps with uh, you know eliminating evaporation or, or minimizing the evaporation of the water that you're putting on them. Okay, okay, all right. Well, good to know. Thanks so much. I'll get out there and pull them back to life. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much. Have sure. a good day. And now let's go over to Patricia's yard. Hi, Patricia. Hi, Mike. Hi. Uh, I've been I've been listening to the show and enjoying it for many years. And I heard your story this morning about the grackles chasing the squirrel. Right. I have to tell you, it's not uncommon. I live in a small apartment now, and, and the complex is small. The buildings are small. The, I sit out on my balcony in the morning drinking my coffee and watching the birds who have built several nests under the balcony that's across from me. One morning, a squirrel went up the building and got near one of the bird's nests, and that papa sparrow chased that squirrel all around the building, up the brick building, (laughs) up the wall, all the way onto the balcony up above, where he ducked into an empty planter. And I guess they lost sight of him, and papa went back down again. But that papa bird defends his nest for any other birds that come near. Wow. So the, bird, the birds are not afraid of the squirrels. No. Their size. Well, that's great. And, and yeah. Yeah, I couldn't resist telling you that. I don't have a yard anymore, so I have to enjoy everybody else's flowers. But I still enjoy the show so much, and thanks for continuing with it. Well, thank you, and sir, I appreciate your story. Because, I mean, these grackles, they don't have a nest around or anything else. They're just like sort of thugs that say to the squirrels, get out of here. 
and let the you know morning doves, let the finches, let everybody else feed, and you get out of here and stop eating that bird seed. You find something else. So anyway, thanks a lot. Greatly appreciate it. And now let's go over to Patty's yard. Hi, Patty. Hi. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? then you're going to want to tune into the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for taking the call. Um, we, we moved into our house last um, late last summer and we have a birch tree in the front yard, and I don't remember it having a lot of leaves on it, um, but this year, the leaves came in, and they're purple, and I, none of the other birch trees in the neighborhood have purple leaves, so can you tell me what's going on there? That ex- just happens to be the variety. There are varieties oh. of birch trees that have purple leaves. There's a couple in Christie Park, which is right across the street from you know, where we live. And uh, they're not necessarily going to be the most aggressive, but they do have purple leaves. So it just happens to be a particular hybrid. Specifically what the name of that hybrid is, I don't know, but you can go online and find out what it is by putting purple leaf birch in. And so, uh, and uh, you know, I mean, it has regular birch bark and everything else, so I know there are birches that are in the park. Okay, good. Well, thank you very much. Sure, my pleasure. So you got some unusual trees. And now let's go over to Bill's yard. Hi, Bill. Hi, Mike. How are you? Very good. Hey, we have some hibiscus. If the leaves seem to be turning yellow at the bottom, they're still blooming, but their uh, leaves are turning yellow or brown. Now, are these tropical hibiscus that are houseplants, or are these hibiscus that grow out in your yard? Out in your yard. Okay. We just planted maybe a week ago, a week and a half ago. So, well, if they're recently planted... There's just not enough root system to support all the leaf growth. So the lower leaves are generally going to be the ones that probably drop off first. And so there's not really too much you can do about it. Just make sure they don't go through any kind of drought stress, especially with this heat that we've had. It's been unbelievable this time of year. And so a newly installed plant material is going, oh, my goodness gracious. And it's dropping leaves because it can't support it because it doesn't have enough moisture because it doesn't have an established root system. So what you're saying is just let it go and keep it moist and, and exactly. we'll be okay. Right, exactly. That's pretty Any much type it. of fertilizer? No fertilizer, no. No, okay. All right, thank you very much. Enjoy your show. Well, thank you for having me on your show. And now, well, why don't we go ahead and take a break? Mike Miller, KM Walks Garden Hotline, back after these messages. Yes, folks, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Let's head over to Mike's yard. Hi, Mike. Hi, Mike. How are you? Um, last week, we bought a paper bark maple, about 10 to 12 foot tall, Ooh. and I planted it, um, nice big hole, watered it well. It stayed pretty moist all week, but some of the leaves are, they look like they're already going to fall colors. And then a few of the other leaves are getting a little brown and frayed on the outside. Am I not getting enough water, or did I already kill it? (laughs) No, you haven't killed it. But this is just going to happen, especially a tree that large. That root ball must have been massive if it was 12 feet high. 
Yeah, it was a beast. Yeah. So anyway, there's just not enough root system, you know, in this circumstance to uptake enough moisture to keep all the foliage, which at a long, you know, at a, let's say at a nursery, they can do it and they will do it. But your situation is very, very different because you're in reality as opposed to a garden center. So consequently, this is just what happens because there's just not enough root system to support the leaves that are already on it. So don't get into a panic if it's just, you know, some of it's happening here and there. How should I be watering it? Uh, Run your hose at at the base a couple inches from the trunk and just run it for an hour every few days. Okay. Perfect. I appreciate it. Great listening to you. Well, great. Well, thanks for having me on your show. And now let's head over to Larry's yard. Hi, Larry. Uh, good morning, Mike. I'm a long-time listener, but a first-time caller, calling you from Ellisville, Missouri, this morning. Ooh, that's where I grew up. I know. I'm just down the street from uh, Maple Lane. I'm really? on Hutchison. So. <laughs> yes, sir. So it's good to talk to you. But uh, I have uh, I have been looking for a couple of years for some native uh, milkweed. Uh, I have a lot of, I have a two acre plot and I have an 83 yard par two golf hole in my backyard. I want to plant a butterfly garden alongside my tea box and I can't find milkweed. And I know you don't uh, endorse different uh, outlets, but any idea I've tried all the local nurseries, the big boxes. I have no idea where to find milkweed. And I can't raise it from seed. I've failed miserably. Yeah, raising from seed is tough. Uh, Look at Missouri Wildflower Nursery. They're not local. Go online and check them out. But they have all kinds of different native plant materials, and I bet they're going to have it. Either that or you can also go online at the Missouri Botanical Garden website, mobot.org, and see if they, you know, can make a recommendation there. But Missouri Wildflower Nursery, I'm almost sure that they're going to have it. Okay, that's wonderful. I appreciate it. I kind of uh, at wit's end, so uh, I thought I'd have to turn to a professional. Uh, enjoy <laughs> your show, and thank you so much for, for what you do for all of us. Well, thanks. It's my pleasure. And as if you weren't there, I would not be here. So thank you. And now let's go to Mike's. Hi, Mike. Hello. Um, I, have a qu- I have a question for you. Um, I'm reading the tags on some herbs because I'm trying to put my herbs back in. And uh, they are, um, I don't understand the tanks. They, they say stuff like tender perennial semi-sun, which I found out, I tried to harden them off this week, bringing them in and out of the house, and they, they pretty much cooked them. Um, but I also have some that say perennial sun, and then there's some that say um, tender perennial sun. So... What's the difference? Basically, if it says tender, that means if we have a severe winter, they're not going to be perennial. So, in other words, if everything's nice like this past winter, then they're probably going to come back the following year. But there's no guarantee just because they come back for a year or two, those tender ones, ultimately, if we have a severe winter, they're going to get killed off. So that's what the difference is. And as far as, you know, the sun and everything else, all the herbs really like a lot of sun. And, uh, I mean, that's just kind of what the circumstance is. And moving them in and out, that's not necessarily the ideal thing to do. Initially, when you got them, you should probably have put them in a, let's say, a part sun location where they didn't get the intense afternoon sun from, like, 11 o'clock till 4 o'clock. 
and then you know just kind of give them a little bit more sun for a couple days to get them acclimated to the full sun circumstance because probably wherever you got them they were sitting in the shade for the most part okay okay well i i put them in the backyard because that is where i get most of my shade so i'm trying to move them out front okay Um, i'm here in afton and uh, I also was having problems, maybe that I'm, a neighbor told me I was overwatering them because they were looking brittle, so I watered them. And she told me that, well, that's not, that's not what it's telling me. It's, it's not sunburned. You're overwatering is why they're getting brittle. So that could certainly be the case because herbs want to have well-drained soil. They don't want to have a lot of fertilizer, and they don't want to have a lot of water. Well, I'm glad you said fertilizer because that's what I was thinking about. I, I got Miracle Grow potting mix to put them in uh-huh. to give them a good start. Sure. And uh, then I was thinking, you know, like in a little to put herbs. Um, I wanted to put fertilizer down. I got an all-purpose fertilizer, granular kind of stuff. Um, but I won't do that now because of what you were telling me. Yeah, definitely don't do that. Especially newly installed plant material should not be fertilized at all, regardless of what type of plant it is. And herbs really want minimal fertilizer. They want a well-drained soil that's, you know, like what you're talking about, the miracle Grow type stuff. But other than that, kind of leave them alone. Okay, okay. So ignoring them is actually better for them. Yeah, ignore them. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Well, thanks again, Mike. I appreciate that because I didn't. I really lost it on understanding when it just says sun and when it says tender. Right. So tender just means it can. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline. See you after the news. Now at your service. Welcome to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the Voice of St. Louis KMOX. Yes, folks, it is the tip of the trial hour, and I'll be giving you the tip of the trial shortly. But right now, if you have questions or concerns, we have phone lines open. 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Josie's been hanging on, but we'll be talking to her first when we come back. And uh, if you've got ideas, questions, concerns, or comments. And Mr. Kelly, Yo. how about the progress towards your new home? Well, we haven't uh, had a whole lot of opportunity to get to it yet, but we're working on it. Still working on our current, current garden. Going to work on that a little more this weekend in the right. next couple of days. So we're kind of in, in that transition phase. Uh, we are going to be asking you more about uh, uh, our backyard at the new place is more shaded. So we got to find out about those shade plants. Oh. So I guess I'll have to call 1-800-925-1120 or exactly. 436-7900 and ask you some questions. So. Right. So you'll be, you'll be hearing from us for okay. sure. But that I can't good. wait to get over there and start really planning out exactly how so is it I want to make right it work. Uh, for the most part, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a few hostas and things like that. I, you know, I was, I think I told you about the hostas before. The area, the house we have now, I, I have a little area that I call Hosta La Vista, baby. <laughs> and you, <laughs> the hostas are amazing. There's some, I mean, one of them was just a leaf. And it's totally a beautiful big plant now. Right. So we'll have a lot of those at the new house, I'm sure. If you recommend those, I'll okay. have to call and ask. <laughs> 436. 7900, 1800, 925, 1120. I'll get in line. Okay. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you call early, you can get in line. I'll do that, yeah. Okay. I'll call during Total Information AM weekend and have them put me on hold. <laughs> okay, sounds okay. great. Good to see you. Yes, folks, and it is the tip of the trial hour. And by the way, thanks for having me on your show. We can discuss plant selection, like for with Brian Kelly, on what he should be doing in his shade garden, the ups and downs and all around us from annuals. Bulbs, edibles, ground covers, house plants, lawns, perennials, roses, trees, shrubs, vines, or water gardens. I'll share my thoughts, but please remember my answers, comments, and opinions is not the only garden path that will lead towards success, but just an option for you to consider. Across the big board, that's Ashlyn. She's producing today. She answers the phone, pushes all the buttons. And uh, so if you do call, that's who will be answering the phone. I spend my week doing landscape consulting, and I call it a walk and talk. If you'd like for me to come to your home, you can go to my website, MikeMillerDesigns.com. On the homepage, there's my email address and phone number. Today after the show, I'm headed towards Richmond Heights, where I will spend uh, time walking around the yards and uh, sharing 40-plus years of experience as it relates to outdoors, plants, care, and everything else. Tip of the Trials, a special recognition for individual group or situation that's made an impression on me, is brought to you by St. Louis Composting, 636-861-3344. First of all, I want to give a tip of the trial to everybody that has iris blooming right now. I mean, I can't believe as I walk in, I walk in the morning and then I walk an hour and a half or so in the afternoon, various directions from our home. And I mean, I can't believe the amount of iris that are in bloom. It's like really spectacular and striking. So thanks to all the iris lovers because this year has been really good. And a special tip of the trial goes to one of our neighbors. I call him two doors down, Charlie. Charlie is a, like I say, lives two doors down from us. And yesterday he spent a lot of time cleaning sidewalks because we got all kinds of debris dropping from plant material, from trees basically pollens and flowers and, you know, not flower petals, just like those things that you go, what is that thing? But anyway, so he really went out and cleaned not only the sidewalks, but he did the streets and it was really amazing. So tip of the trial goes down or goes out to two doors down Charlie. So I greatly appreciate it, Charlie. And uh, he's a great guy, a great neighbor and everything else. He's really conscientious when it comes to plant material in his own yard. And uh, let's, why don't we take a call or so before we go to break? Let's go to Josie. Hi, Josie. Hey, Mike. Hi. All right, I won't hear anything because I made a big mistake a couple of years ago and planted some uh, bamboo. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought you were going to do. So I even called, uh, you know, the uh, botanical garden. She, she went, oh, uh, Boy, you did, you did something wrong. Well, anyway, I'm dealing with the problem this year worse than I did last year. Last year, it was actually pretty. This year, it's spreading. So I'm trying to dig it up as best I can. Any, any, somebody told me pour gasoline instead of getting the you know, stuff that kills woody stuff. Said, just put gasoline on it. Your thoughts? I would not do that. All right. I mean, it's like... Uh... You know, it just why not use something that's manufactured, made for a specific situation, rather than just you know than doing something like that. I, gasoline just it's too creepy for me. Okay, can you recommend something? I call Feast Farms, and they don't have any. They don't sell things like that. But uh, I, you know, I was told just something for woody plants. Right. 
There's a variety, uh, there's a type of Roundup which will kill. It'll say there is po- a type of Roundup. Okay. Yeah. So it'll say it kills poison ivy and woody plant material. So that's okay. what I would. Yeah, that's what I would use. Okay. It's systemic. It goes down. It kills not only above ground growth. It kills the root system too. So that okay. will help control the growth. But I can, tell, okay. I can tell you a quick story. When I worked at the Botanical Garden, we were at the Japanese Garden. I worked in the English Woodland Garden, but sometimes I helped in the Japanese Garden. I took a couple root systems that were dug up because they wanted to control their island, more or less, of the bamboo, and planted in my parents' yard in Ellisville, and it turned into be a monster. And, oh, yeah. And, I mean, my parents have been passed away for multiple years now, and I drove past the house the other day, and this is people have been trying to get it under control, my parents included. <laughs> it's still coming up in certain situations. Yeah. The, the woman at Botanical Garden said they had planted some in an area there, and they're still trying to get it out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's yeah, going to be a said, long, good luck. Yeah, it's going to be a long battle. There's no getting Yeah, around. she said it's not going to be a one year thing, but no. uh, I, I'm trying to nip it in the bud now. So. Right. Okay. All right, Mike. Uh, well, thank you. Sure, my pleasure. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after these messages. Yes, folks, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Let's go over to Joanne's yard. Hi, Joanne. Hello. Hi. Um, I just wanted to let you know that Crest, K-R-E-S-S, Farm Garden Preserve, Ozark Land Trust grows all uh, natives from seed. Hmm? It has a prairie conservation area. So the person looking for native, any kind of plants, milkweeds, lots of different kinds and things like that, they should come to Kress. Okay, Okay? that's K-R-E-S-S? Yes, and it's in Hillsborough. They have a Facebook page. And open from nine to about three, seven days a week. So, is it if they just go to kress dot com, they can find it that way too? Oh, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do know that we have a you know that we have a Facebook page and stuff. Okay, but it's not far from St. Louis, and we grow right. all our own natives. Yeah. Okay? I, okay, that sounds great. Yeah, I've had appointments okay. in Hillsborough, you know, for landscape consultation. So, no, it's not that far away at all. Good, and you should buzz by. Okay, yes, we've great. We've got great hiking trails. <laughs> all right. Thank thanks. you, Mike. Sure, my pleasure. Now let's head over to Letty's yard. Letty, how are you? Uh, fine. Uh, Mike, my daughter was going to put in a pool, and the company told her to use muritic acid all around all the growth where they wanted to put the pool. Now, I don't know if that'll work on bamboo or not, but it's worth a try. Sure. I, you know, that particular product I've not used myself. So usually I only speak of, you know, with products that I'm familiar with. But uh, muriatic acid, is that what you said? Correct. Okay. Yes. So Give it a try. So I'm surprised <laughs> they want to, you know, the pool company would want to kill everything off because unless there's a lot of woody plant material, you know, I mean, they're, well, they're, they're digging it up, and why does it have to be dead if they're just digging it up anyway? I don't understand. But anyway. I don't know. They just they said to use that to kill all the growth around there, so I don't know. Okay. So just a, just a suggestion. Okay, great. Okay. Well, thanks. Yeah, my pleasure. Okay, thanks. And now let's go over to Steve's yard. Hi, Steve. Hello. Hi. 
Yeah, I got a question about some uh, new grass I planted. It's uh, well, I called last week and we ran out of time, but uh, you told me to get the straw off it, and I got all the straw off it, and I, I just want to know when I can cut it, and can I run over it with my uh, riding lawnmower? Uh, or more or what? Yeah, if you use a riding mower, the tires are pretty wide, and these these blades are pretty, you know, let's say weak because they're newly germinated, so they may get squashed down and not be able to pull themselves back up. So I'd be really careful. Is this a big area? No, I just had a big tree stump removed, and oh. uh, like I said, uh, the grass came up really good, and. Uh, I just, I haven't cut it yet, but, you know, it's uh, taller than the rest of my yard, but I just keep waiting, so. Yeah, I would say don't let it get too long because it's going to be problems from that standpoint. So go ahead, and if you have a pushing mower that you can do or a weed eater, I would cut it that way as opposed to use your riding mower to ride over the top of it. All right, thank you very much. Sure, my pleasure. And now let's head over to Rich's yard. Hi, Rich. Good morning, Mike. Hi. I uh, planted some elephant ear tubers and some canid tubers all at the same time in the ground and in pots. My canids are up about six inches and nothing from my elephant ears at all. I know you do both. Yes. Are you having the same problem? Uh, actually, I'm not even having any growth that's visible from my cannas yet. So the elephant ears or cannas. You know, they're not showing any above-ground growth. And, you know, in front of the pots, I've got some in the ground, too. So it's just a matter of time. You know, I'm not too concerned with it. Well, it's been an unusually hot spring. I thought, well, maybe something's going on here. No, that wouldn't but hurt I... it. Actually, you know, the, the heat of the soil is what triggers the growth, but still they need to get their, you know, root system established. And, you, I mean, when you put them in the ground, you felt your elephant ears, and they felt firm, I'm sure. And so oh, yeah, they were good. the cannas have their little eyes on each side of where they were growing last year. So you're probably fine. Well, my, my cannas are up. Another question on this uh, moisture situation. I have got a moisture meter. It's a needle meter. It's not digital. It's got a dry, moist, and wet. Right. And I've got a very uneducated finger, and I kind of rely on this thing. What do you think of those? Uh, I think they're pretty good. I mean, that's a, it's pretty darn reliable as far as, you know, I, you know, I recommend for people to use you know, that if they're a little bit concerned about it. So I think you got a good idea there. Oh, great. Thank you very much. Sure. Have a good day. Yep. My pleasure. And now let's go to Rachel's yard. Hi, Rachel. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. I have uh, two questions I'll try to make quick. First, regarding um, container soil, container pots. Um, I start with good stuff. You know, I've used the stuff you mentioned at the front of the show. Love it. Really great. But And then I use Osmocote for my plants. And I'm wondering, apart from plant size, is there a general rule about when you should uh, change the soil? Does it get compacted? Does it get fatigued? Even is the texture wrong? Um, you know, how often, how many... Uh, I, I'm not looking for perfect. I'm looking for reasonable because these are big, heavy pots. <laughs> Well, in essence, what I do is, uh, you know, at the end of the season, I just dump my, you know, potting mix, you know, out of my pots into Rubbermaid tubs, and I store it in the garage, and then I use the same stuff. Now, over years, I've added pea gravel to it, and I've added a few things. I don't use Osmocote myself. 
I use just I fertilize with a like a miracle grow type thing that I mix in buckets of water and pour onto the plants that are in containers. But the you know the medium for growing the potting mix goes on and on. I probably have some that's who knows a decade old or older than that even. Oh wow. Why do you take it out of the pots and winter it in the garage? I just do that it? because, uh, you know, I, there's no reason necessarily to do it. But uh, some of the pots I don't because some of the pots I have daffodils in, some I have tulips in. Okay. But some of them I just don't want to, you know, I sure. just get a little bit bored with them when they're all just kind of sitting around full of nothing. Sure. And then I have okay. some that I grow evergreens in. Like right now I have several Alberta spruce in the past I've grown uh, gold thread brain cypress. I've grown all kinds of, you know, I've grown ewes in pots. And then when I get bored with them, then I just throw the, throw the plant material in the yard waste dumpster. But, uh, so no, I have stuff out all over the place. Okay. That's good to know. Thank you. Then the second question, I'm in Webster, have a yard with big stately trees. Um, it looks like we're about to lose three of them. So I'm, I'm on the hunt for replacements and I'm thinking about, Maybe the you know the shape and size of my for my great grandchildren of a bur oak or the fragrance of a linden or the color of a schumard maybe a katsura. So here's my problem: I go to gardening centers and of course they only want to talk about what they have in stock. Of course, I call an arborist and they're selling their maintenance. Um, what kind of resource would help me identify the investment I should make for this type of large? shade tree oh i would say maybe go to you're just trying to figure out which is going to be the best is that what you're yeah i would just go to the missouri botanical garden website and see what they say about them okay so mobot.org and uh they're going to give you an unbiased opinion right that sounds really good thanks for your help sure my pleasure and now let's go to maryland's hi maryland or marlene Sorry. This is okay. This is Marlene. Okay. Yes, Mike. The reason I'm calling and I'm hoping you can kind of help me out here is, I have it has to do with this some kind of wild invasive grass I have growing in my lawn, and um, the man that cuts my grass and everything. I talked to him about it. He wasn't too sure, but then he told me he went online and looked up, and he found something, and he he told me the name is something like. Kelly Linga or something like that. Have you ever heard of anything like this? Uh, that that could be the botanical name. Now, there's an invasive grass right now that's the annual bluegrass, and when the weather starts heating up, it's going to be disappearing. So is this one that stays around all the time? Well, I've, I particularly have noticed that this year, since, <clears throat> since um, I've, when I, I used to cut my grass, and I would notice a lot more things then, but I've noticed this for a while. And it grows like in a clump, and then um, at the top of the blades, there's like little seed pod kind of thing. Right. Well, that sounds like the annual bluegrass. Go online and really? just look at the annual bluegrass. And what oh. happens is that grows until it gets really hot. It's been dropping seeds the whole time. Then it comes back the next year and the next year and the next year after that. Yeah, I see it in different places in my yard, you right. know, and I thought, and it's just awful. It's aggravating me. Right. So oh. look and see if that's, a, you know, if it is the annual bluegrass. If it is, what you do as far as control for that is next August you put down a pre-emergent. Uh-huh. And that will kill it that way as opposed, and you're not going to eradicate it all 
you know, with one application, it's going to take several years to finally get rid of it. But this year has been prolific as far as the, the cool season weeds. It's been the ideal circumstance for that and chickweed and several of the other ones that oh. are really aggravating. I know. I totally agree with you. And when you talk about the iris, I know. In all my plant, in my pe- I have peonies, and everything is just gone crazy. It seems yes, like. Yes, I agree. It's been a spectacular spring this year. Oh, it has. My peonies, I couldn't believe them because I mean they're ginormous bushes, you know. <laughs> right. And, yeah, and yeah, and it's just been unbelievable. But I've enjoyed it. So, all right, all right. I'll try this annual bluegrass business right. here. Then yeah, see check if it out. Yeah, check okay. it out online and you see if it's what you have. Okay, but like I say, it grows in like a, a, a clump. Well, is, that, is that what bluegrass kind of sort of does? Yeah, what it does is it just drops seed. And so yeah. when it drops seed, then the seed will germinate the following, you know, August. And then, you know, they're going to be close to each other. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> okay, well, thanks so much. Sure, my pleasure. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline. If you have questions, concerns, or comments, 314 314- Four three six seven nine hundred or one eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty. We have phone lines open. And for the lady that, and for anyone that's looking for information related to trees, somebody called in and said there's a uh, a website called arborist.com. You can check out the trees in that location. Dot org. Sorry, <laughs> arborist.org. So it's not for profit. Anyway, now let's go to Chris's yard. Hi, Chris. Hey, Mike. Um, I had a question about, I have a lot of fence row in my property and then a lot of trees growing up, little trees growing up in them. And so what I, I've got the woody plant um, roundup. Okay. But what I wanted to know is should I spray the leaves first, let that die, and then cut them and then, then treat the stump or, I mean, the little stump. Or should I do? Can I just go ahead and cut them and then start doing the stump right away? I would probably just spray the leaves because it's going to be absorbed into the leaves, go down through the vascular system, and down into the root system. So that's going to be the quickest way to you know to get it down to what you really want to have happen. Because if you just cut them, what you're going to have to do is basically cut it, cut it at a 45 degree angle, and then spray it right on the cut right after you make it. So it's easier just to spray the foliage. Okay, that, that's what I wanted to check. Great. Thank you much. Sure. And, you know, some of them maybe, uh, you know, may not kill them all off entirely. So just realize that even something that's as good as what this product is, 100% of anything is a little bit impossible in the real world. Let's go now to Gail's yard. Hi, Gail. Yes, good morning, Mike. Hi. Um, two questions. When should I start pinching my mums? Basically, I was just going to actually, we had a break and, you know, I was going to talk about that. But once they get long enough that they're about six inches long, then you should pinch them back by two inches. And this is for anybody that doesn't want to have their mums, first of all, flower in the, sp- in the summertime because they're a regular sunflower family member and that's when they normally flower. But also if you want a big clump as opposed to just, you know, some single stems. So... And then once they get to six inches, you pinch them back to four. Then once they get eight inches, you pinch them back to six. And then you do it three three or four pinch backs, with the final one probably being, uh, let's say, early August. Okay. All right. And then the other question I have is, 
I had a big patch of primrose on the side of my garage that was doing wonderful. And now a lot of it has been choked out. I don't know what it is. Something that has little blue flowers. Um, Creeping Charlie, maybe. I don't know. It's probably Speedwell. Ah, okay. So, So what do I do? Do I dig it? dig them out and then try to, you know, it's, it's so sad because it was all full and now it's pretty spotty. Well, uh, basically the speed well is an annual weed. It's a cool season annual weed. So in other words, it germinates in August, grows all winter long. If you're talking about blue flowers, tiny blue flowers and grows really flat on the ground, that's what I'm guessing that you're talking about. And now the primrose, I mean, are we talking about the native primrose? Are we talking with the one with the pink flowers? Are we talking? Yes. Okay. Yes. So maybe it's just, you know, they were, maybe it may be a little bit too early for them to be, be, you know, germinating this year. And if not, then you might have to, maybe there's a colony's gotten aged. And consequently, you might have to get some new plants or some new seed and re inoculate that area. Hmm. Okay. So. Yeah, I've had them for quite a while, okay. and they've done really well. But right. and some of them are are actually blooming. But okay. yeah, um, so they're okay. just old. You know, I mean, unfortunately, <laughs> those kind of things happen. So it's you know that's just something you don't anticipate. But the speedwell has nothing to do with you know getting rid of the primrose. The primrose went away on its own. Okay. All right. And if I wanted to get rid of the speed well, then I put down something in the fall. Yeah. No, in mid August, early to mid August, you put down a pre emergent. But if okay. you, once you put a pre emergent down, again, this is for anybody. Once a pre emergent goes down in anything, you can't cultivate or anything else because you break this chemical barrier, which a pre emergent mm-hmm. creates. And the chemical barrier is what kills these annual weed seeds that are germ- when they germinate. Oh, so then I really ha- should wait till spring to put something in there. Yeah. So, well, you can, I mean, you can plant the primrose now because you're not going to be putting, you know, the pre-emergent down oh. for several months until August. Mm, okay. So you're not going to be fooling around. Just once you put the pre-emergent down at in that area, just don't, you know, plant any more in there. Don't cultivate. Don't add anything to the soil or anything at all. Okay. Very good. All right. Thanks. Sure. My pleasure. And now let's go to David's yard. Hi, David. Yeah. Hi, Mike. Hi. Good morning. Had had a question about daffodils. I have some large old clumps of daffodils that I need to uh, spread around and dig up and spread. And I recently heard someone say that you can do that in the spring after they bloom. Do you have any experience with that or any suggestions you or can, should I wait till fall? No, you can, I mean, it's difficult and, you know, to do it in the fall because consequently, you know, you have to mark, mark the spot and everything else. Right. I, I meant to do it last fall, but I couldn't find them. Right. <laughs> you, so. Exactly. So you can do it now. Wait until the foliage starts turning brown gets about half brown, then go ahead and just dig up the whole clump, shake all the soil off of it, get the individual bulbs, and then plant them in a new location wherever you want to move them to. Great. That's what I'm going to do. I appreciate your advice. Sure. My pleasure. And thanks for having me on your show. And now let's go to Cynthia. Hi, Cynthia. How are you? Oh, 
I'm fine, and I want to thank you for your wonderful program. I enjoy it very much. Well, We're 80 years old, and we've gotten lazy, so we had somebody, like that other lady said, the landscaping, only I uh, did uh, rock instead of mulch because I don't want to bend over and pull the weeds. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, I can't, anyways. <laughs> and anyway, uh, I noticed the other, it's been maybe two weeks since he did that, or a week and a half, whatever. And the one plant in front, I don't know if he planted it on a, a, a anthill or the ants was in the plant, but uh, I went to water it, and all these ants come out at me, and the dirt is all in the in the plant, you know. And none of the other ones are like that. So can I spray something for the ants or what I dig it up or call him and tell him I want a different plant or So this was a plant he installed and that's then you know, the ants right. were they certainly could have been in the plant. They don't really do any harm. I mean they're aggravated. Uh-huh. Right, right. But other than that, there's not too you know, I mean to kill them off, uh-huh. that's gonna be a lot of work and maybe more than what you want to fool with. Oh, okay. I'd okay. say just ignore okay. them. Okay. All right. And then he planted, I think there are two azaleas on the side of the house, and I forgot about them, and it was beautiful, and now all their flower blooms are, you know, kaposh. Are they going to come back? I gave them water. Well, See, basically, I to water them. they only flower in the springtime, so what happened is what should naturally happen. What's most important now is how the foliage looks. So as uh-huh. long as the leaves uh-huh. look good, regardless of what the flowers have done, doesn't make any difference. Okay, okay, okay. And also, I got a question for the hummingbird man. <laughs> we had we got one that hangs on our kitchen window, which I haven't put out yet. Which I know this is late, and uh, but they usually come to the kitchen window and peck on the window. Wow. When the the and they haven't done that this year. Are they kind of scarce this year? Or? Well, I think Brian Kelly's had some hummingbirds already, but he uh-huh. was over in okay. Illinois in a little bit more of a rural area. I haven't seen any in yeah. my yard yet either. Okay, so. okay. Well, we we live in Illinois, so maybe he'll send his over to us. <laughs> he can certainly <laughs> do that. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Thank you very much for your wonderful program. Sure. Well, thanks for having me on your show. Mike Miller, KMR's Garden Hotline. If you have questions, 314 314- 436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. We're going over to Phil's yard now. Hi, Phil. Yeah, Mike, I, I procrastinated. How late can I put in tomato plants? What kind of plants? Tomatoes? Tomato, yeah. yeah. You can do it now. I mean, you didn't have to get them in any sooner. So go ahead and plant okay. them. Just make sure that, you know... You don't fertilize them right when you plant them, wait for a couple weeks, but just make sure they don't go through any kind of drought stress whatsoever. As you know, tomatoes need okay. a lot of moisture. Right. Uh, how, about, how about another week or two? Is it okay? Well, it's just, you know, you can kind of mess them up as far as variety-wise. Some of them will be okay. Some of them, you know, that produce sooner. It, yeah, you should be fine, though. Okay, thank you. Yeah. It's not, I mean, this year it got warm a lot faster than what we normally expect. So, right, uh, right. So, that's probably maybe some of the problem, but uh, you should be okay. Okay, thanks again. Sure. And now let's go over to Peggy's yard. Hi, Peggy. Hello. Hi. Are you still there? Uh huh. Okay. 
I have a, a tree in my front yard. It's about uh, oh, maybe two years old now, and it's full of green leaves, and it's so high. I was wondering if I could get it trimmed at the top and then maybe trim a little bit at the bottom. I would probably not prune going into summertime. I'd go ahead and just leave it alone as it is. And as we come out of summertime, when the weather starts cooling down and sometime in September, then through the entire wintertime, I do the pruning at that time as opposed to going into summertime. Oh, okay. And then I have a burning bush, and it's been there for maybe 20 years. Mm. And I'd like to trim it. And I had to have somebody do it because... The stems are wood, like wood. Right. You know, and I'd like to trim it back. So when when is that possible? Again, I would do it later on because what happens if you prune it now? The foliage that you're cutting off with the pruning is gonna you're gonna expose some leaves that haven't been in direct sun, and they may get sunburned as you know if you're you know do the pruning this you know, at this time. So you could do it, but just realize if you do it, you may get some sunburn on it. Okay. All right, that's good. Okay, and I have just a little plaque on my wall. It says, some of God's blessings are small. And I keep (laughs) thinking, well, okay, it's full of leaves now, but I'll just have to wait then till the summer's over to uh, get it. I could have the arborist come back and trim it because he... He's what he's the one that put the tree in there. Right. So yeah, anytime, basically after let's say mid mid September, all the way up until the new growth begins of you know next year in the late winter, early spring. Okay, that's good. Thank you. Sure, my pleasure. And now let's go to Lenny's. Hi, Lenny. How you doing, Mike? Very good. I've been a uh, student of yours since the the beginning, so. Um, my question is, it's kind of subjective. Uh, I got three acres, and I've kind of chopped it into rooms so that to make it manageable. You know, each one with a theme. Sure. Some of the some of the beginning ones, though, you know, have been in eighteen years, Ooh. and my the reason it's subjective is I know you know everybody can put up with headaches, but some of the early ones are just they're starting to silt in because one of them is a dry creek bed. I'm getting wild violets in them and all that kind of stuff. At what point does a guy just say, throw up his arms and say, I'm starting this bed over? You know, I mean, I, you know, is there something where it's not even enjoyable to have these beds anymore? Is that when you just say, I'm going to start over? Or as a professional, how did you look at it back when you were at the botanical garden? Right. That's basically what it is. Once the aesthetic value of what you've done has lost that aesthetic value, then you're not getting anything as a result of it. That's when you start, you know, not necessarily working on it, but at least formulating a plan to take some action in that situation. Okay, because yeah, that it's it's more work than it is, you know. It 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 almost drives me crazy. So I guess it's time to <laughs> yeah time, time so. to get the machines out and and then I guess when you're doing that as a landscape designer, what do you I guess you pick certain foundational plants that you want to start rebuilding your design around, or how do you do that? Yeah, how do you look at it when you're doing a walk and talk? 
Yeah, just basically look at the type of plants that you're looking at and make sure that they like the same type of soil, whether it be moisture-wise, whether it be pH. So in other words, you wouldn't want to plant lilacs close to azaleas because azaleas like acidic soil, lilacs like alkaline soil. So do some research on what type soils, how much moisture, all those factors, you know, before you start sort of doing a combination of plant material. Okay, 10-4. Thanks for your help. Sure, my pleasure. And that's probably be the last call of the day. And uh, this, this time of year, the cool season annual weeds, the ones that started germinating last August, the henbit, the dead nettle, the chickweed, the annual bluegrass, the Persian speedwell, the rabbit's foot clover, the shepherd's purse, all those things are starting to just disappear because it's gotten really hot. So some of them are still going, but a lot of them are disappearing. But the warm season annual weeds, the ones that started germinating when the yellow forsythia is in bloom, they're really getting very robust right now. That's spurge, ragweed, purslane, knotweed, lamb's quarter, black medic, carpet weed, crabgrass, barnyard grass, goosegrass, foxtail, violets, and plantain. And then, the you know, so just realize that the weather has a lot to do with it, and these annual weeds can just drive you nuts. And if you don't quite realize that this is an annual weed, you'll say, oh, it's gone. It doesn't matter. But it has dropped <laughs> seed, and those seeds will just lay there all summer long if it's a cool season annual weed until August rolls around. When the days start getting shorter, then that's what triggers the seed germination. So just, you know, keep that in mind. So just there's a lot of stuff to do in the outdoors, but the best thing to do is always enjoy, whether it's in your yard or somebody else's yard. Mike Miller, KM West Garden Hotline. See you next week. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.